Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 308 here at the station. Um, let's see what the weather is. Taking a second. 89 degrees. It says partly sunny, but there is rain starting soon. I heard some EAS warnings when I was looking and listening to Nikki's show on the way in, so be careful of those pop-up thunderstorms. It is uh it's summer in northeast Pennsylvania. It's hot, and we have pop-up thunderstorms. That's just the way it is. Lasts for a couple of weeks, and then, uh, you know, we start getting the cooler nights. We start getting the less humid days, and it's just uh, typical. You know, all these, uh, the talk and the rhetoric about the, you know, the hottest this ever and uh, emergencies here because of the heat. And, yeah, it's summer. It's, it gets hot in the summer. You know, but they, they failed to tell you that our June was one of the coolest Junes on record. That's just the way it goes, the ebbs and flows in weather. And, and we're going to get into that a little later in the show. A lot going on as far as, uh, you know, our presidential hopefuls, our president that's in office now. Um, you know, the private citizen that has nothing to do with the president, but is always seems to be around him. And more and more evidence points to in business with him even though he denied it to us. But uh, you have uh, former President Donald Trump's lawyers met with the U.S. attorney in Washington, and what's being said is an imminent indictment. If you remember last week, probably I think it was Thursday or Friday of last week, I said I I would estimate an indictment come down by the end of this week. And um, you know that's still very likely. Basically, this meeting was probably to inform the lawyers that he is being indicted, and uh, arranging some kind of surrender or coming to court to uh, give his plea. So we'll see what happens. There's been no comment on either side. Usually when something like this happens, former President Trump is the first to say something to to let his followers know what's going on. But uh, as of yet, I don't remember. I, I don't recall seeing anything by the time I came in the studio here. But I would not be surprised if mid to late tomorrow... We uh, hear of an indictment of former President Donald Trump again in the January 6th. And there's a whole bunch of speculation and rumors of what those charges might be. And one of those charges does carry the restriction for ever running for office again. So if that's the case, does a Donald Trump roll the dice and fight it, which... From what some legal experts say, he has solid grounds to do that. and uh, Or does he look to plea it down to something more minor to where he could, he could um, you know, wipe away that restriction for ever holding office again? Just as a, you know, a, a caveat to uh, being able to run. He is the front runner on the Republican side by a great number. That gap by the closest runner-up, Ron DeSantis, has not closed like a lot suspected it would. Uh, But it's still early. Like, again, this time in 2015, Jeb Bush was leading Donald Trump by, I believe, 20 points. And it looks like Donald Trump is polling in the the 50s and Ron DeSantis is in the low 20s to, to upper 20s, depending on which poll you look at where in the state. If you look at the swing states, states that really do matter, 
Not that other states don't, but I mean more important swing states. You know, Ron DeSantis is doing better. But the the entire reason they are swing states is there's a lot more moderates, a lot more independents who who are looking for a different person from either side. So that that's where I, you're seeing that there. You know, you still have the uh, press secretary in the White House podium sticking by that, you know, Hunter Biden's a private citizen and she's not answering any questions whatsoever. I don't know many private citizens who take the presidential beast to a court, uh, a court appearance, but if you look at the big SUV that he did take to the courthouse in Delaware, it did have eight-inch doors on it. I don't know with 100% certainty, but I would imagine that that would be one of the presidential vehicles that they keep in Delaware at the president's home town so they don't have to mobilize his entire entourage of vehicles from Washington, D.C. to Delaware. It's common practice. I, I know they keep separate limousines and separate beasts in New York City. In the past, they, they keep you know the one in D.C. If not, they're loaded up on transport planes and brought to wherever he's going. The spare set, and they have the one that stays, you know, at the White House for local events when he travels there. But, you know, Secret Service detail, which he's entitled to as a presidential family member, immediate family member, he... But the vehicle rose the red flag with me. When they opened the door to the vehicle and it did have uh, very thick doors on it, I would assume that's one of the vehicles that's left at the at the place there. Not that he doesn't have, you know, bullet-resistant vehicles when he travels and such. Again, he is a family member. He is under Secret Service protection. But it's interesting to see. And we're going to break down that case a little more. I have some interesting perspectives because some of the other things that came out that we'll dive into later is uh, the press secretary must have said it at least a dozen times every time a question of Hunter was brought up. She would say, basically, you know, he's a private citizen, we have no comment, but this is an independent investigation, and he, it's being handled by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. And again, that Trump-appointed U.S. attorney must have been said at least a dozen times during the press conference today. I've seen the media chirp it, I've seen... Democrats on the Hill seem to mention that. And it's just, it's it's not 100% true. I mean, it, it is true that he was appointed under the Trump administration, but he was a Democrat Senate-supported appointee that was part of a package deal under the Trump administration. It was an agreement with the Trump administration and the Senate Democrats that he would be one of the U.S. attorney appointees. So it's not like he was Trump's guy, Trump's administration's guy. He was actually the Senate Democrats guy. And the agreement was made there. But yes, they get away with saying to telling everybody it's a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney because he was appointed under the Trump administration. But he's far from one of Trump's picks. He's not even Trump's pick. And this is the twists and turns that you, uh, it looks like we're not having a yes. We'll be back. Well, we said they were coming, so there, you, there's your first alert, uh, alert for the Rob O'Donnell show. And, and, and like I also said earlier last week and, and later last week, that as soon as the Hunter Biden trial started heating up, and of course now it's really kind of exploded with the deal falling apart, um, you were going to see the Trump indictment accelerated. 
to trying to take the the news cycle and the heat off of it. So that's you know one of the reasons you probably had the meeting called today. So it's all it's all a charade. I mean, it it, it really is. And when when this try if a trial ever happens in Delaware, in the U.S. Attorney's area in Delaware, you are getting a jury pool from a community that supported Joe Biden for decades, both as their senator and now president. So is is there ever going to be a fair trial today? What what did what did come out today during the press conferences is uh, the press secretary was directly asked, and and I actually tweeted this this morning that. In the end, Joe Biden's just going to pardon his son. And I still think that that's going to be the outcome here if it goes to that. But the press secretary today was asked that question, that very specific question, and her answer was a clear no and then moved on and wouldn't allow a follow-up. So I can see that being twisted in the future of her saying no was no, she's not answering the question, rather than no, he won't pardon because it was kind of surprising to me and the legal experts that were listening on TV at the same time that she was so quick to say no with that question. I mean, immediate no, she moved on, wouldn't lend any follow-ups. So is she going to regret that statement or not? We'll see. But uh, it was interesting that that no came out quick enough, and, and my belief is that that'll be spun later down the road as she meant no, she's not answering the question. But, again, we'll see. I think it's my thought that if if there is a conviction here in any trial, if it takes place, and, again, that's a long shot, we will will see Joe Biden pardoning his son before he leaves office. So those are the the, uh, court cases updates now and the legal woes that are going on. You also have that, uh, that investment character for insider trading that got decades or whatever in prison. You know, just had his sentence reduced. Uh, one, of, I think he's. They said he was the second largest Dem- Democrat donor after George Soros, and again gets a sweetheart deal from a U.S. attorney after losing billions of dollars of investors' money. And it's just strange how that seems to work out on that side of the spectrum. Uh, always, and you know what if. if if, and I've said it before, so I'm not going to harp on it. If he wasn't so close to his father, Hunter Barden would be nothing. If there wasn't all this evidence now leaning to that, there have been lies all along about business dealings and and influenced by the now president, then this would be a no-brainer. But he is the president's son, and we've seen it under the Trump administration, the lengths that the other side will go to attack to get to Donald Trump, his kids, the kids' spouses in-laws, anyone in his atmosphere. So don't be surprised now that this is the the norm because you've created that norm, and this is the game that you've set up. So this is the game we're going to play now. It's 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. It's time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half-off deal for Rhythm & Wine, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of NEPA Fundraiser, Saturday, August 26th at... Moonlight Drive-In in West Wyoming. Two deals. Buy one ticket, get one free for $40, or one ticket for $20, a $40 value. 
wine tasting, vendors, food trucks, and live entertainment. Visit GetMyPerks.com for all the details. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Thursday, July 27th, 2023. It's things that are happening in our atmosphere. There are headlines that are around us. We probably won't get into them in depth today, but they're happening, so we should be aware of them. Driver in a fatal Springbrook crash charged with DUI homicide. The Senate grills a local judge over Penn State sex abuse rulings. An appeals court vacated a Scott Township contractor sentence. Mohegan, Pennsylvania fined $50,000 by the Gaming Control Board. New York men charged with passing counterfeit money in Luzerne County. That motorcyclist who struck a bear on 81 dies from his injuries. Condolences go to his families. 44th police earn a top certification. Great news for our area. Car show in Wilkesbury, Public Square this weekend. NASA picks Lockheed Martin to build a nuclear-powered rocket. It's going to be interesting to see that come to fruition. What could possibly go wrong? Hunter Biden, the only private citizen with a government-funded bulletproof motorcade. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Thursday, July 27th, 2023. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Got a text message in saying he can't pardon if he's impeached. Do you really think the Senate is going to impeach Joe Biden? I don't think so. You may get the House. You'll never get it through the Senate at this point in time anyway. Rob, no mention about if Trump gets acquitted in a friendly Florida, though. I don't know. We'll see. I I always said from the start, you know, if this is the route they want to go, let them play out. He'll have his day in court. And you'll see the people... If he's acquitted, say it was rigged, and you'll see the people on the other side, if he's convicted, it was rigged. Now, like Donald Trump or not, if you can't see the fact that they've gone to extreme lengths to target this man, now, that does not take into account, yes, his big mouth gets him in a lot of trouble. No doubt. I'm the first to admit that. But from the time he walked down that escalator to today... They have thrown everything in the kitchen sink included at the wall to see what sticks. And if you haven't picked up that they've wanted to gone to extreme, uh, extreme measures to target this man, you're lying to yourself. They have. Like him or not. Again, I'm one of the people that are open to a very lively primary, GOP primary. But he's been targeted from day one. And... Other than the personal things with him opening his big mouth and getting himself in trouble, everything else is falling apart against him. If you want to hang your head on the documents, well, then you got everybody else involved too. Same thing. 
you have the head of the National Archives saying for decades this has been an issue and they need to strengthen the system because everyone has classified documents pretty much that has served as president and vice president. But I, I'm one of the ones that will also say let it come through. Let, them, let it happen. Let us go through the court process. And again, the New York City ju- jury. Do you really think he got a fair trial there in, in, in an area that voted 98% Joe Biden? No. I don't think he'll ever get a fair handshake. Just like I don't, I, I look at what happened with Hunter Biden in this trial, and we're going to go through that a little later with skepticism. I think there was such uproar about a sweetheart deal that everybody wanted to kind of give it cover. I'd like to think the system is working the way it should work, where a judge actually asks questions. Basic questions. And we're also going to get into that, where basically during the questioning by the judge at the Hunter Biden trial, he admitted to FARA violations. He said his business partner was China. He accepted money from China, and he's not registered as a foreign agent. He admitted under oath to a FARA violation, which he's not even charged with yet. And that was picked up by one of the House committees as well. So it's going to be interesting uh, where it goes from here, where all those trials go from here, and let them play out. This is the way you want the game played? Well, this is the way it's going to. And in the end, it does no one any good. It's 3.31 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.36, 89 degrees and partly sunny here at the studio, but there are storms coming through, especially the northern tier of Lackawanna County and Susquehanna County coming down the, down the pike. Uh, did you guys see the story today on this Arizona girl, Alicia Navarro, missing since 2019? She disappeared days before her 15th birthday. She's been missing for four years. She walks into a tiny Montana police station and asks the police to take her off the missing children's list. She's now 18. She walked into a police department in a tiny Montana town 40 miles from the Canadian border and identified herself as the teen who was reported missing in September of 2019, Glendale police said Wednesday. Alicia Navarro has been located, public safety communications manager said during a press conference. She is by all accounts safe. She is by all accounts healthy. And she is by all accounts happy. The teenager who was described as autistic but high-functioning in her missing persons report left her Glendale home overnight on September 15, 2019 at just 14 years old. Her parents, who were asleep when she slipped out of the house, found a handwritten note from their daughter saying, I ran away. I will be back. I swear I'm sorry. They never heard from her again until this week. She walked into a local police station in Montana alone and told them to remove her from the missing children's list. The department alerted Glendale police, who confirmed her identity and contacted the teen's family to let them know she's been found safe. 
Navarro was then met by her mother, who never gave up searching for her daughter in an emotional reunion, police said. The teen wanted to make sure her mom knew that she was okay and that she was very apologetic over the pain her mother went through, not knowing where she was the past four years or even if she was still alive. Her mother, Jessica Nunez, called the discovery of her daughter four years after her disappearance a miracle in a video she posted on Facebook. For everyone who has a missing loved one, I want you to use this case as an example. Miracles do exist, never lose hope, and always fight. She doesn't have details on her daughter's disappearance, but said the important thing is that she's alive. They're investigating, local Glendale police are investigating how the teen got to Montana and whom she's been staying with over the past four years, as many questions remain unanswered. They say she ran away from her home under her own free will and has been cooperating with their investigation. She also told police that no one had harmed her and she appeared to be healthy. The girl remains in Montana and is able to come and go as she pleases. She's asked for privacy so she can move on with her life. We could only imagine what she's going through mentally, emotionally, as well as her family. And as much as we'd like to say this is the end, it's probably only the beginning of where this investigation will go, Glendale Police Lieutenant Scott Waite said. Police are continuing the investigation. This is just a crazy story. Uh, an emotional roller coaster, I'm sure, for the family, but all, albeit the girl is 19 now, and uh, now 18. She is a consenting adult in, I think, all states. And it appears she waited until she was 18 to, uh, well, a couple months after she was 18, to walk in to a police station and have her removed from the missing persons list. But there's pictures of her now. I mean, she's a, she's a, a small, petite girl, but she appears healthy. She's not overly smiling in her picture, so it appears she wasn't happy to have her picture taken. But, um, I mean, I guess, like it was stated, the, the key factor is she's safe and she was not harmed during those four years. But I, I, could, I could not even imagine the, uh, the, story, uh, the story that the family's gone through for four years. I mean, as a parent, it's just incredible. I mean, I would imagine the joy over her being found alive and safe would overwhelm anything that you've went through for four years, but the pain and, and not knowing what happened to your child has to be just incredible. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they come to, but so far interviews say that she hasn't been harmed and everything was done under her own free will. And even if she wants to, to return. Obviously, she wanted her family to know she was okay, but if she returns or not, we will see. But it's something that we should monitor. And I'm telling you, you're going to see this on on some channel or some streaming service, this story, I would imagine, sooner rather than later, because it's just an incredible story that something like this happens. And, and the mother was right. It does give hope to never give up, you know, until all your options are are extinguished. And obviously, they weren't here because she walked into a station on her own free will and said she was okay. It's 3.42 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. 
Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Scott from Alden about missing girl from Montana. Scott. Scott, you there? Scott. Yeah. Scott, you're on the you're on the air. Uh, okay. Rob. Uh that girl a book from Can you, can you shut your radio oh, can you shut your radio off? We can't hear anything. No, you are too much of an echo, Scott. If you can get in a, a quieter area and pull back. How's that? Better? I still hear the radio echo in the background, Scott. You're going to have to call back. I appreciate right. it. Um, they're saying the U.S. economy picked up steam for the second quarter, despite the increasing rate hikes and the still high inflation. And this per the Commerce report, and it's a mixed bag. It, it's, it's not bad, but it's not, again, what this administration makes it out to be when you break it down at its core. Um, the gross domestic product, the broadest measure of economic output, grew by an annualized seasonally adjusted 2.4% rate from April through June. Now, that was faster paced than the first three months of the year, but it was also above economic expectations of 1.8%. So they were expecting 1.8% and they got 2.4%. Now, the economic growth for the second quarter was driven by business investment, government purchases, inventory investment, and consumer spending, though a much weaker pace than the first quarter. So business investment, government purchasing, and inventory investment, a big part of that is from all the COVID stimulus money and everything that was given in there and everything that was dumped into businesses. All these things you see government and your cities and your towns buying with this, with these plans and the investment funds that they got infrastructure investment and all that is helping that consumer spending, which accounts for about two thirds of economic output grew just 1.6% in the second quarter down sharply from 4.2% in the first three months of the year. So consumer spending, again, that's the money we spend as consumers on products, on everything that, that we purchase, utilities, everything, rent. That accounts for two thirds of the economic output. It's only at 1.6%, where last, the first quarter, January through March, it was 4.2%. So a lot of this, and and that's what the stimulus was for. That's what the infrastructure plan was for, to infuse money into the economy. That is what's accounting for the growth this year. Non-residential business investment rose 7.7 growth rate in the second quarter up from 0.6 rate in the beginning of the year. The uptick was mostly thanks to spending on equipment, which jumped to 10.8. Now, again, at the podium for the press secretary this morning, the, uh, the press secretary again said that real wages were the highest they've ever been under the Biden administration. And it's just simply not true. And then she was questioned on that by, uh, I believe, one of the business 
news reporters that were there and uh, about factoring in inflation. And the press secretary shot back and said, we are factoring in inflation. And then after that exchange back and forth, the fact checkers came in and it's just simply not true. Real wages with inflation factored in in January of 2021, that's the the month and year that Joe Biden took the administration, real wages were at 11.35, Today, real wages are down 3% at $11.05. So again, real wages today are higher than they were this time last month. They were higher than they were this time last year. But they're not even close to the highest of all time. Because if you just look at the month and year that Joe Biden administration came into office, it was 3% higher. And we've talked about that here on the show, and that's why fact-checking needs to happen. That's why you need to look into these things for yourself. You know, the news agencies are saying the U.S. economy grew stronger than expected in the second quarter, but consumers are pulling back. And it said, you know, we did good. We did better than expectations from economists. They expected 1.8, we're at 2.4. When when you start digging into where that money is doing good, where the economy is growing and where it's not growing, consumer spending is pulling back. People are getting more conservative with their money. They're starting to shell money away because they're afraid. I went to get gas the other day. It was three eighty nine a gallon at a Sheets in Carbondale right off the Casey Highway. That's the highest it's been in, in at least this year. So, I mean, are you guys seeing that as well? I, I'm not seeing prices come down when I go to the food shop, when I go food shopping, when I go to purchase anything, everything's still up. But the economy might be holding on. That's fine. But that's not the message that they're sending. It's not the best it's ever been. We're not the highest jobs we've ever been. We're not the highest real wages that's ever been. That's just a lie to you. Let's try again. We'll go to uh, Scott from Alden on uh, missing person girl from Montana. Scott. Yeah, hi, Rob. I Real quick, I want to note that um, our our economy is getting better from where Joe Biden destroyed it. That's, that's I mean, true. when they put their hands on it, it was okay before they touched it. You know, if they're saying we're having gains, that's because he ruined it in the first place. Well, like I said, the day, the, the month and year he took office, real wages were at $11.35. They're now at $11.05. Mm-hmm. That's a 3% decrease. Mm-hmm. But they were a lot worse a month ago. They were a lot worse a year and ago. I again, believe the there's more regulations on state fundings. As far yeah. as? Uh, people, people that need Medicaid, dis- disabled persons, uh, have their new... Pr- since the cola, I understand some people are getting hurt because the cola went up and people are losing Medicaid. These are true Americans that are disabled or seniors. Yep. When cola comes, uh, when cola Medicare is not paying they, for everything. Yep, they take yeah. it, they take it away. When when one goes up, they take away from the other. We talked about this with a caller yesterday. Yeah. What do well, you have, What do you have on this girl from Montana, Scott? The girl. Um, this sounds like a Douglas Preston and Lincoln trial book. So much fiction, you know? But, like, what's really going to happen? When is she going back to her family? 
Uh, they're not saying. They're saying she's happy where she is. She can come and go as she pleases with the police station. She's not under any kind of supervision or arrest. She's 18 years old. If she doesn't, right. if she doesn't want to go home, then it's up to her if she goes home or not. But uh, you know, she has. But if spoke- she go- if she goes back to where she's been staying, where she's been missing from, will they follow her and find out who the people were that were? I mean, obviously, she wasn't eating on her own. No, she was a, she was a minor for all four of those years. So uh, you know, I, I would imagine the police department has some sort of investigation. Was she in harm's way? Did anyone actually interfere with her custody of the parents? Who was taking care of her? Those are all things that, and they right. said they said it's under investigation. So I'm sure that's being looked into. Scott, I have to go to the Bloomberg Money Minute. I appreciate you calling back. No problem. Thank Thanks, you. Rob. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute here on the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Did you hear uh, our areas under this heat island surveys from the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, the urban heat island mapping campaign, where they drive around, municipal vehicles drive around and map where it's hotter and humider, in where it's more hot and humid, not humider, um, in our areas. And it's, it's based on a social vulnerability index. And, and I looked into what that actually means. And basically, I guess it's hotter in areas where there's a socioeconomic status, below 150 poverty, unemployed, housing cost burden, no high school diploma, and no health insurance. If you're in any of those areas, um, for some reason, it's hotter where you live. And they want this data to prove that so they can build infrastructure around your area, plant trees or whatever, to make it less hot. But... Uh, when they're trying to develop silence under the social vulnerability index, I'm skeptical from the start, but that's what it's based under. It's four o'clock here at WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the show after these messages.